Section 12 of the Book of Famous Sieges. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elsie Selwyn. The Book of Famous Sieges by Tudor Jenks. Jerusalem, 70 A.D. While the Jews were under the domination of the Roman Empire, there were many changes in their fortunes. Some of the Roman governors gained the people's goodwill and were loyally supported by them. Others, by taxation and abuses, excited them to revolts, which, however, were never long successful. One of the most serious of these rebellions took place under the reigns of Nero and his successor Vespasian, the latter for a time being Nero's general before he succeeded to the throne. During Vespasian's campaigns, those who escaped from other cities taken by him made their way to Jerusalem, and gradually in this city a strong force opposed to the Roman government was built up. But not all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were in favor of the rebellion. War broke out in the city itself between the various parties, and the chief power came into the hands of John of Giscala, head of those who were known as the Zealots, the Patriotic Party. A very strong party, however, headed by another Jewish captain, Simon Bargiora, and still a third under a very rich Jew named Eleazar, once a lieutenant of John the Zealot, had seized the inner temple and revolted against his own leader, thus making three factions that fought one another within the city walls, all of them oppressing the more peaceable citizens. Before Vespasian had reached the walls of Jerusalem in his triumphant campaign, Nero died, and after two brief reigns of Otho and Vitellius, Vespasian was called to the throne and to Rome. For two years, there was no further attempt to conquer the Israelites, and then Vespasian sent his son, Titus, to subdue the city. At about the beginning of the siege in the year 70 AD, a great multitude of Jews were coming to the city for the celebration of the Passover, so that the city was full of strangers from all over the country at the time when Titus marched his forces against it. Titus came by boats on the Nile, landed and marched to Caesarea, bringing with him more than five Roman legions as well as some 5,000 other soldiers. He made his first camp to the northward of the city, another on the west, and a third to the eastward on the Mount of Olives, only separated from the walls by the Valley of Kedron. Titus's order of march, as described by Josephus, shows that his army was fully equipped with everything that Roman military art demanded for carrying on a skillful siege. In describing the march, Josephus tells how it was led by the auxiliaries of light-armed troops, followed by the pioneers or workmen. Next came the baggage with a strong guard, then Titus, with a bodyguard of horsemen, a body of pikemen, and the cavalry. Next in line came the military engines, or probably the metal parts of these, which were loaded upon wagons drawn by mules. Next followed the tribunes and the leaders of cohorts, the trumpeteers, the bearers of ensigns, and the Roman eagle, after whom marched the legionary soldiers in their armor, armed with the Roman pilum, or spear, the short sword, and the shield. More baggage and servants, a second body of hired soldiers, and the rear guard closed the march. Soon after his arrival, Titus, with a chosen body of six hundred horsemen, started on a scouting expedition around the walls of the city to pick out the right point of attack. Up to this time, there had been no sign that the Jews were upon the lookout, but just as Titus turned from approaching the city to ride parallel with the walls, a great throng of Jews suddenly burst from one of the gates, charged through the Roman horsemen, separating them into two parties, and surrounded Titus and a few of his immediate followers. 
titus had not expected an attack and wore neither helm nor breastplate but though darts were showered upon him he escaped unhurt and led a fierce charge cutting down all who opposed him and forcing his way through to the main body of his troops then he withdrew to his camp but the jews fought one another as eagerly as they attacked the romans not long after this attack during the celebration of the passover in the temple john of gascalia's men hid daggers under their robes and falling upon eliezer's followers slew them in the temple itself a general fight followed which ended in the three jewish factions being reduced to two which agreed to hold the temple against all the others these terrible internal fights had caused much of the food to be wasted or burned and so the city was in poor conditions to resist titus nevertheless we have seen how bravely they fell upon the roman soldiers upon their first coming this was the first of the fierce sallies the romans had to meet while the tenth legion was building its camp upon the mount of olives throwing up the breastworks and erecting their huts after the usual roman fashion suddenly another body of jewish soldiers came dashing out of one of the city gates poured down into the valley of kedron rushed up the hill on the other side and were in the midst of the disordered romans before the legionaries could seize their arms or make the slightest resistance even the roman veterans took to flight titus who seems to have been a most vigilant commander came to their rescue with a body of cavalry riding from the north against the flank of the jews and driving them down the hill and back into the valley even up to the very city gates in this attack titus fought like the bravest of the common soldiers and after the jews had been repulsed stationed along the hill a strong guard for protection recalling the tenth legion to their work upon the camp but hardly had this second sally been repulsed that a jew was seen to mount upon the walls of jerusalem and wave his long cloak in the air apparently as a signal for another attack a greater throng than before poured out attacking titus's men who had been placed to protect the unfinished camp once more a fierce fight took place which might have resulted in the complete defeat of the romans except that when the legionaries saw their general surrounded and refusing to give ground they feared for his safety were ashamed of their retreat and rallied in such numbers that the sally was repulsed josephus the historian tells how the romans objected to titus's risking his life among these desperate jews who the romans said were fond of dying for their way of fighting was not like that of the roman soldiers but more like that of the arabs of to-day who will charge without a thought of life even against rapid-fire guns before which they must go down in hundreds when the romans were safely in their camp titus ordered as the first step in the siege that the valley surrounding the walls should be filled up in certain places to make it possible for his engines that is his rams and stone throwers to batter the walls the jews were not strong enough to prevent this work but they used every means to annoy the romans shooting at them from the walls and rushing upon them from the gates whenever any point seemed not well guarded as it was known to the romans that a large part of the jews within the city would have been glad to make terms the jews took advantage of this to play a clever trick upon their enemies a few days after the valley had been filled up a great throng of jews came rushing out of one of the gates near by and moved irregularly toward the roman army while from the walls above other jews hurled stones at them reviled them and in every way tried to make the romans believe that these men were deserters the fugitives came directly to the romans making signs of peace and offered to conduct a strong roman force through one of the gates of the city 
a large party of the romans were deceived and went with the jews to one of the gates expecting that it would be opened but no sooner were these romans in the space between the two towers that guarded the gateway than they were attacked by the very jews who had pretended to be friendly and at the same moment those that were upon the walls hurled missiles upon them from above in this way many romans were killed and only a very few succeeded by covering themselves with their shields and fighting their way through the mob and returning to the roman camp all through josephus story it is evident that he is saying whatever he can to make himself agreeable to the roman commander and in this case he tells us that titus did not believe the jews pretense of friendship because they had refused terms only the day before and he tells how titus wished to punish severely these romans who had without orders left their places in the line but that the other faithful legionaries begged mercy for their comrades this leveling of the ground before the walls took up four days and after he was ready to begin the siege work titus strengthened his whole line brought up his baggage and proceeded to construct the siege machines and to pour upon the city walls a heavy fire of stones darts and arrows in preparation for the serious siege titus had burned all the suburbs outside the walls and had started to build a mound against the city meanwhile the jews erected upon the walls their machines for throwing darts and stones and timbers but according to josephus they did not at first know how to use these and so shot with very little effect during all the time the work was carried on outside the romans were never free of fear day or night that a strong force of jews might attack them they had to build great mantelets to protect the workmen upon the mound these as usual were made of branches woven together and covered on the outside with rawhides and would protect from four to half a dozen men against all except the heaviest missiles the fire of the roman artillery was terrific some of their machines hurled great stones weighing about a hundred and twenty pounds fully a quarter of a mile these stones were light-coloured and consequently as they came through the air the jews were able to give warning of their flight which they are said to have done by a phrase which josephus gives as the sun cometh it is supposed that the text is corrupt here and that the original word may have been one meaning stone the romans met this device by blackening the stones after which they were not so easily seen as the roman machines could be adjusted to fire different distances it was necessary to know the range they learned this by attaching a small piece of lead to a cord throwing the weight over to the wall and afterward measuring the string when it was drawn in during this bombardment the roman engineers kept a vigilant watch both day and night for the furious quarrels inside of jerusalem had been put aside so that all might fight against the enemy not only did the jews shoot arrows darts and stones from the top of the wall but rushing out with torches and pitch did their best to destroy the roman works by fire pressing their attack so closely at times that they even climbed upon the sheds covered with hides that had been built to protect the engines and their workers they destroyed some and titus was forced to send cavalry and archers both to protect his artillery and rams and also by their missiles to keep the jewish archers and slingers from gathering on the walls to annoy the besiegers although the rams had been brought up against the walls these were so solid that little effect was produced by the rain of blows except at one corner of a tower where a stone or two were moved out of place the roman forces were now able to prevent the smaller attacks but they could not prevent the sallies of larger forces and we are told of one attack 
coming after a long interval which was pressed home so closely that the machines of the romans would have been captured except for the arrival of a new force of soldiers from alexandria who marching in close order succeeded in driving off the jews with great slaughter in this battle titus is said to have killed twelve men with his own sword in order to strengthen the works outside against these sallies titus ordered the construction of three great towers each fifty cubits in height that is a little less than a hundred feet these great siege towers were enormously heavy and were covered with iron plates one of them fell one night shortly after it had been put together causing a great panic among the romans who ran about demanding the watchword that they might know one another in the darkness the two remaining towers however being too high to be reached by the missiles of the jews too heavy to be overturned when struck by stones fired from the battlements and being protected against fire by the iron plates enabled the romans to keep up a constant fire of arrows darts and stones downward upon the walls which were soon cleared of the jewish soldiers then titus was able to bring up the largest of his rams which was called nico from the greek word meaning i conquer the work of this ram was so effective that the jews decided to abandon the wall the romans climbed up and took possession of it and thus took the first line of defence within fifteen days after the beginning of the siege having thus entered one part of the city titus formed a strong camp inside just out of range of the second wall where the jews gathered in great numbers and gave the romans not a moment's rest no hour day or night was free from fighting both jews and romans slept in their armor ready for an instant call and both were worn out by the incessant fighting in these fights many bold feats of arms were performed by single soldiers the jews pitted against the roman valor a desperate courage that valued not life if they could slay a roman as they fell titus's main attack was against a great tower apparently abandoned by the jews but really occupied by eleven desperate men who lay there in ambush the romans were too wary to climb into the apparently empty tower but finally one of them named aeneas volunteered and was slain by a stone thrown by one of the jewish soldiers meanwhile the roman ram outside played so vigorously against the tower that all hope of saving it was abandoned by the jews who set fire to it and then seemed to the romans to leap directly into the flames though really they escaped by a passage leading underground to take the second wall required only five days of fierce fighting but even after the romans had made their entry the jews rushed upon them so fiercely as to drive them out again a large force of romans was now gathered made a second assault upon the broken wall once more captured it and within a few days had leveled it to the ground next in order to impress the jews with his strength titus suspended the siege for five days during which his soldiers arrayed in their best armor were drawn up in massive columns before the city and received their pay during this interval josephus was sent to persuade his fellow countrymen to surrender and fills pages of his history with the eloquent and moving speeches which he claims to have delivered but those whom josephus describes as crazy fanatics and whom it is possible to regard as devoted patriots prevented the rest from yielding despite the loss of two out of their three great defences and despite the ravages of a famine so terrible that we may well admit to tell the horrors which josephus relates only recording that the starving jews made their way out of the city in such numbers in search of the few herbs and roots that could be found between their walls and the roman lines that they were captured by the romans at a rate of more than five hundred a day 
after the unutterably cruel custom of the time these poor creatures were crucified within sight of the walls to induce their fellow-countrymen to surrender when the siege was resumed titus began four great mounds against the third wall upon these the jews once more began their fierce sallies and were able to direct against their builders a much more effective fire since their skill by constant practice had greatly improved and they had been able to increase the numbers of their machines to three hundred that shot darts ballistas and forty that threw stones magonels while fighting thus bravely most of the jews were in the extremity of starvation and in the quest of food fought one another or robbed the helpless without scruple or mercy the refugees from the city continued to go to the romans until even these hardened soldiers were tired of slaying them in so fierce and constant a battle all details are lost we can only tell the general features of the fighting one of the great jewish strongholds was the tower of atonia which stood just to the northwestward of solomon's temple based upon a lofty rock to take this one of the great mounds had been built but the jewish leader john undermined it that is dug a great hole beneath the mound supporting its roof by timbers then filling up the space thus made with wood and rubbish covered with pitch he set fire to his mine just about as the mound was completed the wooden supports were borne away and the front of the mound fell in meanwhile the other jewish leader simon tried to destroy the other mounds and to burn the artillery and rams carrying his attack so far that he even reached the walls of the roman camp within the city being repulsed only after the romans brought their reserves under titus to attack the jews on the flank all the mounds were destroyed in this way either by undermining or by fire whereby the roman work was all to do over again titus now held a general council of his officers discussing the right way to continue the siege and it was decided to surround what was left of the jewish defences with a great wall over six miles in length and continuing at intervals thirteen posts of greater strength for garrisons at this work the romans strove eagerly as it promised them safety from the terrible sallies and when in three days it was completed titus kept it under constant inspection that it might not be broken through this shut the jews in entirely and the ravages of famine were worse than ever while the romans who had plenty of provisions sent from alexandria and the country round about cruelly taunted the starving israelites by exhibiting their plenty innumerable bodies of the dead were thrown from the jewish wall until the city was surrounded by them four new and larger banks or mounds were begun the materials having to be brought from eleven miles away since all the suitable material nearer had been long ago used up these new banks took three weeks to build but despite desperate attacks of the jews which however daily grew weaker the romans were able to bring their engines close to the strong antonia tower and also by gathering in strong forces and making a roof or testudo of shields over their heads they worked fiercely at the foundations to undermine the wall at last one wall having fallen into the opening left by the first jewish mine the romans discovered that another wall had been constructed behind the first here josephus gives a long declamatory address wherein titus appeals to his troops to make the assault an address which it is hard to imagine put into the mouth of a modern general a body of eleven roman volunteers attempted to carry the breach but their leader and three others were killed and the other seven seriously wounded no other romans coming forward for several days the jewish defence seems to have become careless for a night attack made unexpectedly succeeded and the romans were able to take possession of the breach 
the romans were now in possession of the antonia tower but met with a firmer resistance than ever when they tried to force their way into the great temple just south of it here began again the old story of hand-to-hand -hand fighting by night and day but the romans were not able to make their way into the enclosure of the temple one centurion named julian seeing his comrades afraid to advance at one time pushed forward single-handed and drove the crowd of jews back but slipping on the marble floor because of the nails in his shoes he was slain by the jews despite the most gallant fighting and not a roman went to the help of their brave companion meanwhile the romans holding the breach were gradually able to enlarge it and the jews ranged opposite them dragging their engines forward so as to command the point attacked besides the hand-to-hand -hand fighting the jews resorted to strategy thus at one time they packed a portion of the temple building full of combustibles and then lured the romans forward by a pretended retreat setting fire to the pitchy wood as they retired a great conflagration sprang up at once and most of the attacking romans lost their lives but this success was dearly purchased for the romans seeing part of the temple burning took pains to extend the flames and thus destroying part of the walls made the temple at that point more difficult to defend the romans constructed mounds between the tower of antonia and the temple wall and set three battering rams to work but these rams were captured by the jews after a fierce hand-to-hand -hand struggle once more the romans resorted to fire and succeeded in burning down a part of the temple building that faced the antonia tower since six days of battering had failed it was evident that only fire could clear a path for the grand assault josephus pretends that titus regretted the burning of the temple and did all he could to check the flames but there is little doubt that whatever their commander may have desired the roman soldiers saw the temple could be taken in no other way and eagerly carried the flames wherever they could find material that would burn at length the whole structure was ablaze and continued to burn for two days amid a fearful din of roaring fire shouting romans and shrieking jewish citizens the last great attack was delivered by the roman legions and the jews were slain by thousands in every part of solomon's great temple even at the very altar itself after the taking of the temple however there was still a part of the upper city unsubdued the romans full of triumph were certain of taking the whole city and in eighteen days work succeeded in raising mounds against the last wall of defence the last wall was soon broken down and the jews scattered each seeking safety for himself some of them went into underground refuges but most were slain in the streets through which the roman soldiers roamed with swords drawn slain without mercy men women and children soon after titus gave orders that the whole city should be destroyed save only the three great towers built by herod which he left standing to show how strong the fortifications had been the siege of jerusalem had taken even the romans over four months of the fiercest battling by day and by night and had required all their bravery science and fortitude more than a million jews met death and nearly one hundred thousand were taken captive to go into slavery to fight in the arena to be led in triumph after titus's chariot the treasures of solomon's temple were paraded before the eyes of applauding romans and the exiled jews were sent into every quarter of the globe no longer a nation end of section twelve read by elsie selwyn